all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Good morning and thanks for joining us. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today we're going to be talking about why you may be struggling with weight loss and what are some tips, tricks, hacks that we can use to try and remedy that. If you have a question or a comment for us, or if you have a success or a tip that has really worked for you when you've been trying to maybe eat healthier, move more, lose a little bit of weight, we'd love to hear from you. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And as always, you can email us fit at mpbonline.org. All right, let's start with with why I'm talking about this topic and, and what I'm talking about when I'm saying why you can't lose weight. So if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that I practice lifestyle medicine um, as a form of preventive medicine, and I work with people that have a variety of medical conditions that are uh, can be addressed through lifestyle modifications, whether that be nutrition or exercise or sleep or stress management or more than likely all of those rolled into one. And while a lot of people uh, don't come to me necessarily for weight loss, some of the strategies that we employ to help with whatever chronic condition they have usually involve some weight loss. Uh, And by the time folks have gotten to me in lifestyle medicine, they've been struggling for a while um, to make some of these changes. Um, They've gone from diet to diet to diet and had limited success and then regained the weight and those kinds of things. And through working with these individuals, there are some commonalities that arise that really are kind of hidden when you think about it or don't make a whole lot of sense when you first start to think about it, but are there in the literature, in the research as reasons why we have trouble losing weight and keeping that weight off. And One of the biggest ones that I see is skipping meals. And that, it it seems counterintuitive when we think about it. If we're thinking, um, I'm trying to lose weight, so I'm going to eat less. Because unfortunately, that's kind of what the message that's been put out a lot is. If you want to lose weight, you just need to to eat less. And while there is a a whole, you know, equation called energy balance where we look at how much how many calories it takes to run our body versus how many we take in, how many we burn doing anything extra like exercise, those kinds of things. And ultimately, we do need to take in less than we 
need or less than we um, than we're going to burn in order to lose weight. It doesn't necessarily mean less volume of food. And so when when I start working with individuals, one of the first things I'll say is, tell me about your nutrition. Like, are you a three meal a day kind of person and a couple snacks or, you know, how, you know, how do you like to structure your day? And a lot of the times there is no structure. It's just kind of, it varies. That's the response I get a lot is it varies. And that's understandable. We're all busy. We've got lots of competing, um, you know, pots of work for our attention. But not having any form of plan or any type of consistency can really sabotage weight loss efforts. Um, and that's for a variety of reasons, and we're going to go through some of those today. But the first I'd like for us to, to think about is when I talk about nutrition and I talk about food intake, I'm talking about kind of the macronutrients that we get from food. I'm not talking about the hamburger, the chicken strips, that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the actual kind of building blocks, the carbohydrates, the fats, and the proteins. Those are the big three macronutrient groups. And then when you have, we talk about micronutrients, that's things like our vitamins and minerals and that kind of stuff. So those big three are like workers, right? And each one of them has a specific role in our body, right? And when we build a meal, we're essentially building a shift of workers to go and do something for our body, right? Whether that be to build muscle, to boost metabolism, to help lower blood pressure, all of those different kinds of things, each one of those workers plays a role in that. So if we don't feed our body or give our body all of those workers, it's like showing up to work and somebody else that you're supposed to work with is not there. So one of the, um, I usually like to use the example of, of whatever the individual I'm working with, whatever their job is, right? But for, um, for demonstration's sake, let's think about a hospital, Right. So a hospital has doctors, it has nurses and it has nursing assistants. Now, it takes a whole lot more folks at a hospital than that. Those are just the three I'm going to use for this for this example. But let's say the nurses don't show up one day. Right. So only the doctors and the nursing assistants are there. The work will still get done. Right. They're still going to take care of you. But it's not going to get done as effectively and efficiently as if the nurses had shown up too, right? Because everybody has their own role. Um, If the nursing assistants didn't show up and it was just the doctors and nurses, again, you're going to get taken care of, but not as effectively and as efficiently because you're asking two groups to do the work of, of three groups, right? And so that's the same kind of principle when we're talking about building, um, building a healthy meal and making sure that we um, bring, all the, bring all the workers to the party, right? So when we don't have a plan or we skip meals, it's like we're not sending all the workers to the, to the job and we're not replenishing them like we should. So most hospitals work on 12-hour shifts, right? But our bodies do not work on 12 hours. About every four to five hours, it's looking for a new crop of workers to show up, right? And so just like at the hospital, if the night shift doesn't show up to relieve the day shift, the day shift's going to stay over and, again, take care of you but not as efficiently and as effectively because they're tired, right? So that's the same principle with our body. So when I say consistent nutrition, I'm meaning that 
we ch- we resupply the shifts when they're supposed to happen, and we make sure that we bring all the the workers to the to the party, so to speak. So having breakfast, lunch, and dinner at relatively regular intervals is one strategy that we can use. So if you're struggling to lose weight or if you feel like you're starving yourself to lose weight, that's probably not the best strategy. So what we need to do is kind of step back from that and think, how can I build in some consistency in my daily routine so that my body gets the workers that it needs to do the work effectively and efficiently. And the quality of that food does matter, right? And the timing of those things do matter, but consistency is key so that our body is not just kind of in freak out mode all the time, wondering if we're going to feed it and if we do feed it, what it's going to be, right? It it needs to know that that things are coming and that those things are going to be the things that it needs to do the work of running our body. So that's kind of my number one thing that I see with folks um, is they'll tell me, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. I don't eat much, right? And so that may be maybe the culprit. And I'll turn that right back around and say, aha, that is probably one of the reasons why we're not losing weight is that we're not feeding our body consistently so that it can do the work and keep a good, healthy metabolism. And that metabolism word gets thrown out a lot. But, you know, we uh, we kind of set a resting metabolic rate in our body, which is just how much energy it takes to keep us alive, right? To keep our heart beating, keep our lungs going, keep our brain working, all the, the, all the processes. And we can help boost our metabolism a little bit through different strategies with food and exercise and sleep and all of those different things um, as they play into to setting that metabolic rate. But when we skip meals or we severely restrict our calories, while we may initially have some weight loss because you're kind of starving, uh, it's not going to set you up for long-standing, sustainable weight loss because your body resets itself and you wind up having to have less and less calories um, in order to, to lose weight. And that's just not a healthy pattern that we want to have set up for the long term. So that's, that's tip number one is, is take a look at your schedule and your daily habits and see really how frequently you're feeding your body and what you're giving your body. I'm Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. In 
Thanks for tuning in. It's Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, and I'm your host, Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today we're talking about kind of secret sabotages to sustainable weight loss. That was a lot of S's in that sentence. Um, but and I want to step back for a second and, 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 and talk about weight and weight in general. And I am not telling you that you need to lose weight. Your value as a human being and as a person and your your worth is not tied up in your weight, right? And I think we we lose sight of that a lot of times. But if losing weight is something that is important to you for a health reason or to help live the life that you want to live, then that is why I do things like this. This is why I work with the patients that I work with in clinic because that that's my job, right? It's just to help you get to where you want to be um, in your health and wellness journey at whatever size that is. And so when I'm working with folks, these are just some of the things that that kind of come out um, in our really in-depth lifestyle assessment that we do. And we talked about kind of not eating enough is, is often... Um, kind of a a sabotage to weight loss. And I want to explore that a little bit more because we can also, when people tell me, I don't, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. I don't eat very much, right? There is that whole skipping of meals, but then there is also kind of the um, underestimation of calorie content of things, right? So, Uh, What I mean by that is something called calorie density, and that's how many calories are in a certain amount of food, right? And a lot of the foods that um, are readily available and that we like to eat because they are yummy um, and they light up some of our pleasure centers and those kinds of things are very calorie dense, meaning for one bite of it, it has a lot of calories in it. Versus something that is nutrient dense, which means it's got lots of nutrients in it, but not a lot of calories in it per bite. And so um, kind of an example of that would be um, maybe uh, strawberries, right? The number of strawberries that you would need to eat to equal the number of calories in a strawberry Pop-Tart is very large, right? You would fill up very, very much, uh, much quicker on the strawberries because of the amount of fiber that they have in them and the lower number of calories per bite. So oftentimes we think we're not eating a lot and we may not be in terms of the volume of things that we're eating, but we are in terms of the calories of things that we're eating, right? So, um, If you've never kind of food journaled or kept track of your intake, this can be a strategy that might help you see some of the the hidden areas that you're that you're kind of spending some of your calories on. Because what unfortunately what I see so often is people get in this cycle of thinking they have to starve in order to lose weight. And so they eat really, really small um, portions of healthy foods and small portions of high calorie foods. But when you add all those up together, it winds up to a lot of calories for not a lot of volume. And we kind of want to want to break that cycle, right? You don't have to be hungry to lose weight, right? Um, And you know, if you're looking for, uh, you know, a way to operationalize that, 
eating more plants is the way to do that. So if you listen to the show routinely, you know we talk about plant-based diets on this show a lot and that plant-based diets don't mean no meat or no animals. They just mean more plants, right? And that really is a strategy to eat more while still staying under uh, a calorie goal that you may have for yourself, right? And so if we think about the foods that are more calorie dense, it's always going to be your processed stuff, right? Even processed plant foods. That's important to remember because a lot of times people say, well, I'm just going to go vegetarian or vegan, which kudos to you. That's a a good healthy pattern to adopt if you're choosing whole food sources, right? But there's a whole lot of vegan junk, a whole lot of vegetarian junk out there um, that can still fit into an eating pattern. But if you just swap um, your regular cheeseburger for a vegan cheeseburger, right, probably weight loss is not going to come as easily as it would if you choose maybe a black bean patty on there and left the cheese off entirely, right? So, Don't just go straight to the vegan or vegetarian um, processed foods, right? So processed foods are always going to have that kind of biggest chunk of calories. And then your um, more animal-based foods like your butters and your cheeses and your meats, again, are going to have more calories per bite uh, than things like grains and um, fruits and veggies and those kinds of things. So again, it doesn't mean... No meat, cheese, oil, butter, that kind of stuff, but just less, right? So if we're trying to eat more and still lose weight, I like to build it based off of a plate, okay? So think about looking at your plate and mentally dividing it in half, okay? And then take one half of that plate and divide it in half. So now you've got a half of a plate and two quarters of a plate. And when you look at that kind of big half of the plate, that's where the fruits and veggies go, right? The other two quarters, one of those is for your starchy item, which can be a grain or starchy vegetable or bread or rice or pasta, that kind of thing. And the other one um, is where your protein goes. And that can be a meat, a cheese, you know, a dairy or something like beans, tofu, whatever, that kind of stuff, right? But when I'm trying to build a meal and we're trying to eat to be full but not over a calorie goal – That big half of the plate where the fruits or vegetables go, I like to think about um, like the trunk of a car, right? You can just squish a whole bunch of stuff into a trunk of a car and slam the thing down. And sometimes even if it doesn't close, you can kind of leave it propped open and that's just fine. The other two are like car seats. You would not buckle more than one kid into one car seat. So if you already have a food for that particular area of your plate, you don't need another one. Right. So the classic example I use with folks is um, let's go through the drive through. Right. And we get um, a cheeseburger and fries. Right. If we look at that from a plate perspective. Right. The bun kind of goes over in our starch category. The meat goes in our protein category. And now we're left with cheese and fries. Where do those things go? Right. Well, cheese would again go in that protein category, but we've already got the meat there. Right. We've already got something in that car seat. Um, So it doesn't really have a place on the plate. You can eat it. Right. But it's just going to add extra calories that we may not necessarily want. Right. The fries, again, are just starch. Right. But we already have the bun in the starch place. So 
we again, we can eat them, but we're probably not going to be able to stay under a calorie goal for that particular thing. And we're probably going to be hungry again in a little while because it doesn't have a whole lot of staying power to it, right? But what we are missing is this kind of big um, half of the plate where fruits and veggies go, right? So maybe we, we get a hamburger instead of a cheeseburger, right? And then we get a side salad or we ask for the fruit that usually comes with the kid's meal, right? That way we've balanced out our plate to have that fruit and that veggie there while still uh, while still getting to go through the drive through because that's another thing life happens right and we have to go through um, we have to stop at the drive through we have to pick up meals sometimes it's just part of life but we can make better choices when we're when we're there that helps set us up uh, for success on whatever health goals we have for ourselves again it's not about perfection it's just about progress and intentionality it's not about the best choice but a better choice the majority of the time give yourself a little bit of grace all right we have a caller on the line so we will go to oxford this morning and say hello how can we help you hi um i don't i don't really need any help i don't think okay i just uh I wanted to encourage uh, people to. to I, I just wanted to encourage people to listen to what you're saying. Mm. You're, you're talking about. You're talking in a really nice way, about all the ways, all the keys that are I think important to people losing weight. I've lost um, about 85 pounds since mid to late November of 2021. Wonderful. And um, I, I did it because. Um, my my internist wanted to put me on a blood pressure medication. Mm. My my blood pressure had gotten up to about the systolic was about 150, and um, I'm just kind of reluctant to take medicines and um, to take medicines that I don't need. I should say, mm. and um, I knew that weight loss uh, would be a way to lower blood blood pressure, and um, so I did. I've lowered it. Now, like one ten over seventy. Wow! Excellent job. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, and uh, of course it, it goes up. You know, I have blood pressure monitor. Mm-hmm. It goes up when you go into the office because you're, you know, you had to drive in there through traffic, and and uh, um, you know you're around everybody that you don't know and everything like that, and so it's a little higher, but it's roughly one ten over over seventy, and. Um, um, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm almost seventy years old, and I um, I run six miles a day. Nice. Uh, and uh, my my BMI is uh, um, I, I have it written down, but I can't remember it. It's something like thirty two or something. Okay. Not thirty two, but it's something like twenty two or twenty three. And um, um, it was in the mid. 30 mm-hmm. when I before I started losing weight um, so it wasn't just it wasn't just obese or overweight it was kind of heavily obese mm-hmm. you know? but um, anyway I've just been successful and I think the things that you're touching on lower density food uh, you need a volume of food to fill your stomach as you're, you're talking and you need um, 
I'm basically a vegetarian, so I have a plant-based diet. Lovely. And I, 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 eat, prote- I eat protein through, you know, legumes and, and beans and, and things like that. And um, in the summer, you know, you have all these fresh vegetables, so you can eat those. And um, I, I think the things that you're saying, the plant-based diet, you know, watching the 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 the, um, the types of food, you have to have some fat, you know, mm-hmm. good fats, and uh, not saturated fats. And if you just read the labels, you know, and come to terms with reality, <laughs> you do you do you do notice that there there are a lot of foods like uh, canned beans, for example. You just can't do that if you, you can't buy the ones that have salt in them. It's right. like 500 milligrams of salt, sodium. In a serving of beans, you know, you can't do that. That's if you're trying to think about a 2,000 milligram a day right. limit or something. And um, um, there, there are um, foods that fill you and have fiber. The fiber is important, I found. And, Absolutely. Uh, uh, We're all and, kind of fiber deficient in this country. Yes, 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 absolutely. The fiber is terribly important. I mean, it's 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 a way to fill you up and to um, I wouldn't say fill you up to to deal with the cravings urge that you have. You know, mm-hmm. and um, um, I just I, those are the things I found. So I do regular exercise. Um, I do watch the portions. I read the nutrition labels. I try to limit. Um, away from foods that are high in salt and you know you can make peace with these things you know you just don't have to have all these things that are high in salt and you can come to terms with that and reduce it gradually and and then also i when i eat i try to make it i try to concentrate on that Mm -hmm. and not eat mindlessly but to eat you know in a way where i'm intentionally aware of what it is i'm eating and doing so that i enjoy the pleasure of that and uh, I'm not sitting there watching some TV program just kind of munching on things. Right. I found that, you know, that's a sort of way that you can, you can include a lot of calories and not even be aware of it. Absolutely. So I've, talked I've talked a lot there. I just wanted to say that all the things that you're saying there um, are wonderfully helpful things. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing your story. I hope it inspires some folks out there to realize that this is doable and achievable and you can still have a happy, full life making some of these changes. So you have a great rest of your day. I'm Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think "Eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere this is an mpb think radio podcast here today on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and we've been talking about 
kind of sneaky little sabotages that may be derailing your efforts to either lose weight, keep it off. Um, We had a great caller before the break who perfectly teed up the next kind of tip and thing I wanted to talk about, which was mindless eating um, and also kind of grazing slash snacking. Uh, But if you have a story you want to share with us, a tip, a trick, or you need our help, go ahead and give us a call. Our number is 1-877-672-7464. So what do I mean by mindless eating? Because I think most of us go, you know, I know when I'm eating, right? And you made that decision to eat, but if you're distracted while you're eating, right, you may kind of kind of bleed over into this mindless category. And so it's not that you are unaware that you're eating, it's you're unaware of how much you're eating. Um, so we before the break we talked a lot about calorie density and how many calories are kind of in a bite of food and some of the things that we tend to snack on like chips or um you know buttered popcorn um cookies cakes candies those kinds of things which are not all that we snack on but are some frequent snacking choices um are very calorie dense and so if we are distracted when we're doing that or if we are have skipped a meal previously and are now hangry, then we tend to um, kind of drastically overconsume that in a short amount of time and not even pay attention to it, right? And we're here in America, we are kings and queens of mindless snacking because we do it in front of the the television. We do it at work when we're working through lunch and we're, we're eating and snacking, those kinds of things, uh, while we're scrolling through social media or on our phones. And our brain is not focused in on the act of food, right? Because food is delicious, okay? Like, I love to eat. I love food. And I like to enjoy my food. And so part of that enjoyment is being present with my food, right? So that I appreciate what it looks like, what it smells like, what it tastes like, the different textures that are going on with that. So um, I absolutely eat some of these less than healthy choices, sometimes chips or cookie or, or those kinds of things. But I try very intentionally to not do it while I'm distracted, right? So that I pay attention to those foods, right? I, I'm a a big fan of um, chewy cookies, right? And so um, when when I have a cookie, I'm going to sit, I'm going to appreciate like (laughs) that texture of that chewy cookie, how it tastes in my mouth. Are there other textures in it? Are there nuts in it? Those different kinds of things and really enjoy it. Um, If I'm going to snack on chips or those kinds of things, I don't do it from the whole bag, right? Because if you sit down with the whole bag... And you cut on a television show, you will quickly eat that whole bag of things and not even realize it, right? And so those calories, in essence, were kind of wasted because you didn't spend the time thinking about how absolutely delicious they were, right? How salty they were, how crispy they were, those kinds of things. So it's not no snacks. It's just try and be present with your food when you're doing those things, right? When we look at snacking and grazing, right, um, it absolutely is going to increase your overall calorie intake, right? Because you're taking in more calories than if you didn't snack. But snack time can be an opportunity to get in some of those healthier foods that you may not get at mealtime. So when we look at timing of when snacks occur, 
the time of the day does matter, right? When we snack in the morning or during the day, we do take in calories, but we also raise something called your healthy eating index, which basically looks at like, you know, the types of foods you're eating and whether they're things like fruits, veggies, grains, healthy fats, or whether they're things like added sugars, um, uh, the simple carbohydrates and sodium and saturated fat, right? So when we snack in the, in the mornings and during the day, we tend to raise our healthy eating score because we are choosing things more like fruit and nuts, right? When we snack at nighttime, we actually lower our healthy eating index. So we, because we're choosing things that are higher in sodium, higher in fat, and higher in added sugar and refined grains. Things like maybe ice cream or cookies or those kinds of things. Again, doesn't mean we can't have those, but when we wait till to snack till the end of the day, it is usually more those processed foods and not your things that are going to kind of boost your, your healthy intake, right? Because I'm not just concerned with what your weight is, right? I'm also concerned with how healthy your body is on the inside, right? The caller that we had uh, before the break said, you know, his motivation was he didn't want to be on blood pressure medicine, right? And, you know, his wasn't, I need to be this certain size, right? Or I need to look this certain way. It was, I don't want to take blood pressure medicine, right? And so just using, you know, diet products or, you know, moving to severe calorie restriction, he might have lost weight, but he actually might not have kept himself off of blood pressure medicine, again, if he was choosing really highly processed things to to get there. Um, But by choosing, making better choices, not perfect choices, but better choices, he was able to lose weight, lower that sodium content of his food, and ultimately avoid medication, right? So it's not just about the calorie. It's about what the calorie comes with, right? Because it brings friends with it, right? And it can either bring bring the things that are going to push us closer to our health goals, like fiber and vitamins and minerals, or things that are going to push us a little bit farther away. And that can be things like saturated fat, added cholesterol, sodium, um, and added sugars, right? So it's all about kind of that that balance there, right? So when you're going to um, snack, try and think about how you can boost those good for you things and not necessarily reach for the things that are, are not going to get you closer to your health goals. But they're not mutually exclusive, right? If you really love chips and chips are the only thing that's going to satisfy you right now, then let's figure out how to still have those, right? But not have super large portions of those, to make it fit, right? Because if that is what you are craving and you choose some other item, right? Ultimately, you're probably not going to be satisfied and you probably will circle back around and eat whatever you originally wanted to to start with. And so now we've got double the calories that we would have taken in, right? Um, that's my problem with some of the, the the diet products and the reduced fat, reduced sugar um, products that don't kind of tastes like what we're actually craving Um, and you eat those and then you go well that is not what I wanted and then you eat something else right so maybe if chips are really your thing then we figure out how we can throw in some more calorie um, I'm sorry nutrient dense items in there as well so maybe a small portion of tortilla chips cut up some um, fresh veggies some carrots some bell peppers cucumbers whatever and then have a nice nutritious dip maybe some salsa um, some hummus something like that that you're able to dip both of those things in right but 
ultimately you stay under a calorie goal by filling up on the veggies instead of just filling up on the chips there. Right? So that uh, that is a strategy that we do a lot of times with folks. And people are often surprised. They're like, you mean I can still have that? And I would challenge you to, to change the way you th- talk to yourself in your head, right? Instead of thinking of, I can't have that, right? Try, I can have it, but I, I don't want it right now. I choose not to have it right now because it's not lining up with the goals that I have set for myself, right? Um, I largely don't eat animal products, but if I do, or somebody somebody actually asked me the other day, they were like, that had some cheese on it. Like, what what's going on? And I was like, I can have whatever I want, right? I just choose the majority of the time to not to, right? But I don't freak out if that occurs, right? So it talk nicely to yourself. It really does matter. How we think and how we self-talk to ourselves does impact our overall behavior and the way we feel about ourselves and the way we set ourselves up for success when we're trying to make a lifestyle change. So kind of very quickly before we go to the next break, I do want to touch on alcohol. Um, That is another uh, weight loss sabotager um, because alcohol is very calorie dense, right? It is a liquid, meaning you can consume a large amount of it without feeling full. It doesn't take up a whole lot of room in your belly, and it can have a whole lot of calories in it, especially if you're mixing it with things. So if you are a food lover like me, right, I would rather kind of spend my calories on food, right, and enjoy those things and cut back on the things that are not adding any nutrition. And so that is one strategy to think about, stepping back and looking at Um, the amount of alcohol that you consume on a given day, in a given week, and see how we might can reduce that out a little bit. Again, it doesn't mean none, um, but reducing that or switching up how you consume that can be, um, be helpful, right? So a lot of times alcohol comes with mixers, Right. So if you're doing um, margaritas or daiquiris or any of those kinds of things, those are usually um, not only does the liquor have a good chunk of calories in it. Right. The mixer is going to have added sugars, um, fruit juices, those kinds of things that are, again, going to be a big old calorie whop for not any fiber or really anything in your belly to take up, uh, take up space. Right. So consider switching maybe to um, like a a flavored seltzer water uh, as a mixer, right? Or half the amount of the sugary mixer that you would normally do and half sparkling water, those kinds of things, right? Um, Or switching to a a reduced sugar added um, wine or beer type of thing there. But just some intentionality to it. The second piece that alcohol can kind of play into sabotaging your weight loss is it if we over consume that it does lower inhibitions, right? And decrease uh, impulse control. So it makes everything sound like a good idea and it makes you not stop doing it, right? So when they're, especially if you're out somewhere and there's snacks on the table, you're at a party, those kinds of things, you're much more likely to consume those when you're also consuming alcohol because chips are delicious your brain goes oh those are good I want to eat those and your brain goes well let's stop and you go eat it right and so it just again you get in that cycle of um, 
uh, of sabotage there. So also put a put a water in between each one of your alcoholic beverages. That way, again, it just slows you down, helps to keep you hydrated, and helps you make keeping uh, better choices. I'm Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. for joining us here on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Josie Bidwell, and we've been talking about ways to uh, unsabotage your weight loss efforts. And we do have a caller on the line. I want to go ahead and get to that before we start talking about my tips. Let's say good morning to Cindy in Oxford. Hi, how are you? I appreciate your show. Absolutely. What can we do for you today? Well, I am a vegetarian. I have been a vegetarian for the last 30 years, uh, with the exception of fish. I do eat fish. Um, But the problem is, as I age, I understand I have an increased need for protein to replace muscle mass, etc. And unfortunately, the caveat in some of the protein sources for for vegetarianism are beans and legumes that are very high in carbs. And the carbs can also add to an increase in weight, which is something else that I try to watch as well as fight. So I'm wondering what suggestions you might have for those carbs that kind of sneak in and sabotage weight loss when you are vegetarian and many of the protein sources are very high in carbs. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, a great question. And so let's let's talk about carbs in general, right? So when we talk about carbohydrates, they're going to be starches and sugars, right? And so uh, there's also the fiber piece of it, right? And so when we think about those protein sources that you're mentioning that are kind of the mainstays for people who are on a plant-based diet, things like uh, beans um, and legumes, they are high in carb, but they're incredibly high in fiber as well. And so fiber is not digested, so to speak. And so it doesn't necessarily contribute to um, kind of a bump in blood glucose, those kinds of things that we would normally think about. So when we're thinking Mm -hmm. about um, those foods, we have to try and not think about them as a sole macronutrient source, right? So yes, we would kind of lump those beans into a carb category, but they're also a protein category. And if we put that head to head against an animal-based protein, right? Because that's, that's our only options, right? If we're going to do, uh, if right. we need protein, we either got to have it from the plants, we got to have it from the animals. 
And so the nutrient package that it comes with, um, the animal-based source is going to have cholesterol, right? Because mm-hmm. it had a liver. And it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's also going to have usually saturated fat. And depending on how it's prepared, whether it's process, you know, processed product or not, then it's going to have additional sodium and added fats thrown into it. So when you compare them head to head and weight loss is your goal, then mm-hmm. the plant-based options, even though technically they're going to have a higher carbohydrate count, are going to be your better because you're going to be able to fill up on them and eat less of them than the same amount of protein from an animal-based source. Does that make sense? It does. So if I increase my carb, my protein intake, which will have more carbs, Mm -hmm. then I should, should I offset that with more fiber or more exercise because it's, I just read an article in New York Times from the well section about how much more protein you need when you age. And I'm thinking there is no way I could eat that much protein. <laughs> well, you know, the, the first step I would consult a dietitian or your healthcare provider and get an actual protein goal for you because um, okay. it'll depend on, you know, kidney function, other kind of chronic medical problems that you may have, anything like that, right? Because we don't need quite as much as we as we think we do and as the media likes to tell us we do a lot of times, um, but we need to be using it, right? So if we're going to add protein to build muscle, then we also have to do something to build that muscle, right? So we're going to need to, you know, participate in some re- resistance training, balance training, those kinds of things um, to help build that muscle. Um, just eating more protein doesn't contribute uh, to the maintenance of lean body mass, which is what we're trying to, to achieve as we um, get older. Uh, we have to we have to use it or our body will kind of repackage that protein and store it as, as another way that we don't necessarily want. Got it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You're most welcome. All right, guys, um, let's quickly go to our uh, last caller. We're going to say hello to Diane from Ocean Springs. Yes, I was wondering, what is the effect of weight loss when you are consuming artificial sweeteners like in drinks? Yeah, so, you know, artificial sweeteners are one of those things that uh, if we're trying to maintain a blood sugar level, they can be an okay thing. Um, but if we're choosing artificially sweetened products uh, because we're craving something sweet, we it actually doesn't necessarily offset that craving. And we kind of still wind up consuming things that are, are continue to consume snack items, kind of looking for that sensation of satisfaction from eating something sweet. So artificially sweetened things are not uh, necessarily associated with uh, reduced weight, um, so to speak. Uh, and that plays into when we look at beverage choices. So when we look at who is most successful in weight loss, it's the folks that choose water as their uh, primary beverage source. And actuality, people that um, choose water as the primary, not the only, but the primary, um, meaning the majority of what they drink is water, consume about 200 calories less per day than those who drink other things as their primary source, even if it's not a sugar-sweetened beverage, if it's a diet soda, those kinds of things. So making water um, your beverage of choice is kind of the better option there in terms of weight loss. 
and we are just all out of time. Diane, I hope that helped you a little bit. If it didn't, you can email us, fit at mpbonline.org, and we'll be happy to get you some more information that way. All right, guys, I hope that you have found some of the things we talked about today helpful. I hope it has inspired you to take a look at your daily pattern and see um, see what, what areas might be kind of sabotaging your weight loss. And I couldn't leave the show without throwing in my extra favorite thing, which is sleep, right? And if you are sleep deficient, right, if you're sleeping less than those seven hours per night, adding just an hour of sleep is associated with consuming almost 300 less calories per day. So think about ways to get that extra hour of sleep. Maybe it's cutting the TV off a little bit sooner, uh, reading a book instead of scrolling through your phone, cutting the thermostat down or making the room dark. Those are all options. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners. So if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org. chalkboard chat it's an mpb education podcast it's a variety show providing information and resources for teachers students parents guardians and everyday people on various topics it's learning something new with every publication chalkboard chat find the podcast or listen from chalkboardchat.mpbonline.org